The film which you are about to see is an account of the tragedy which befell a group of five youths, in particular Sally Hardesty and her invalid brother Franklin. It is all the more tragic in that they were young, but had they lived very, very long lives, they could not have expected, nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see that day. For them, an idyllic summer afternoon drive became a nightmare. The events of that day were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history. This is not that movie. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Dead and Married. I'm your host, Ashley. And I'm Travis. And I feel like, especially here recently, every time I talk about certain movies, only one word comes to mind. God damn. You know, technically that's two words. <laughs> but seriously, that was my thought with Leprechaun in Space. Just God damn. I mean, I what do we even say about this film? I think we start with God damn. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. So, it, was, it was something. I've seen it before. I've been in the room before when it was on. And, and there were parts of it that I remembered. Mostly McConaughey's Tuscan Raider impression, <laughs> which is on point. It's pretty good. Well, guys, this is uh, a special episode we that we have uh, talked about before where we are handing out our, quote, Easter eggs to our very special select listeners um, as a way to say thank you for supporting the channel, for supporting us, um, being extremely loyal to us. We wanted to do something nice for you to say thank you. And I, like, for months, months and months, my good friend Allison is like, you guys have to cover The Next Generation. Have to do it. Have to do it. I love that movie. And she and I have talked at length about it. And so when this idea came forward about, hey, we should do something, you know, because we like to do theme things once in a while. It's when, pretty much all we do now is <laughs> theme things. When this idea came up of, and I actually think that was your idea about, hey, we should hand out Easter eggs to people. And, and I was like, well, we got to do this one for Allison. Like, that's that's a big fucking deal. And when I first approached Allison with the idea, she was like, what? What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So now I'm even more thrilled that we actually got to do this and went through with it. And yeah. But goddamn, Allison. <laughs> goddamn. All right, so I need some clarification before I get started. Does she really love this movie? Like, it's a good movie to her? Or, like, it's a movie that she likes to watch and laugh at? Kind of like Leprechaun is, or Leprechaun 3 is for us. Like, we know it's not a good movie, but it's a fun, funny movie. And yeah. we like it anyway, even though we know it's not great. I think it's the latter. Okay. Honestly, because I don't, I don't know how anyone in good conscience could take this movie seriously. Okay. I just don't want to say some shit and then feel bad about it later. No, I think Allie would want us to be honest with her, so. Okay. <laughs> but I, 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 I honestly, I don't know where to begin with this. There's, Let's start th at the beginning. There's been a couple of episodes in, in, in the Leprechaun series in particular where I remember using the words fever dream. I didn't realize how wrong about that I was till I watched this film. This is some of the most 
surreal shit I've ever seen in my life. Like, I don't know why, but I get these vibes from it. Like, not necessarily that I've been in that particular situation before, but not you because you're a guy, but me as a girl, I have been in those situations where maybe you go to a friend's house or a friend of a friend's house and you're suddenly in the situation where some shit's going down and you're like, I really don't want to be here right now and I don't understand what's going on. I just want to go home. These people are fucking scaring me. You? Um, I think I, I think I might have been the scary people. <laughs> Maybe. I really doubt that. <laughs> not like, not like this, but yeah, no, I don't think so. Oh, yeah. I I feel, I don't know why this wave of familiarity came over me where it was just like, I don't know why this vibe seems familiar, but somehow it does. Maybe it's because all of us in Texas are just a little crazy. Well, it, it felt familiar because we live in Texas <laughs> and most of these actors were from Texas. Now, was this actually shot in Texas? You know, I didn't find that, actually. Give me just a second and I'll find out. But it uh, it had a budget of $600,000, mm-hmm. roughly. It's it's gross in U.S. and Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't. It was $185,000. It's gross in U.S. and Canada. No. Yeah, it is. No, no, no. Worldwide. It's worldwide gross was $185,000. I know. I was just... I was just laughed at the play on words. So, it's gross in the yeah. US and Canada. <laughs> so this movie made less than a third of its budget. I am not at uh, all surprised by that information. That's that's crazy. So it looks like that it was filmed down around Pflugerville, or at least parts of it were. Oh, okay. So, so not too far from us. Yeah. And it was kind of funny because it was actually filmed in 1994 and they released it in Germany in 1994, but uh-huh. they didn't release it here until a couple of years later. I think um, they released it twice, right? Once in 95 and then once again in the ni- in 97. Yeah, they released it again in 96 when Jerry Maguire was coming out that just happened to star McConaughey and Zellweger. McConaughey was... No, no, no. It was just Renee Zellweger. Yeah, I was like, I don't remember McConaughey. But but that might have been around the time of A Time to Kill. Yeah, maybe. So, But they had both gotten pretty big and they were trying to capitalize on that. I think I heard somewhere that McConaughey's lawyers actually tried to block it. Yeah, I thought I heard the opposite, actually. Profiteering off of it. I thought I heard the opposite at some point, like at least at this point in his career now that he kind of laughs at it now. But yeah, I I don't know. I think it was it was a lot more serious at the time. So this is a three point three out of ten. On on IMDb, it has a sixteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's it's bad. Like I I don't know. It was not well received at, at all. I I can't imagine. So kind of get thing- along with the facts though. It does star Renee Zellweger, Matthew McConaughey, Robert Jacks plays uh, Leatherface Slaughter. He has a last name in mm-hmm. this one, uh, and it's not Sawyer. Right. I don't, I don't but get they that. they've changed even his first name like a hundred times, so Yeah. Tony Perinsky plays Darla and Joe Stevens plays W. E. Slaughter, which was the name of the restaurant in the first one. Right. right or the mm-hmm. barbecue show. Yeah, I never noticed that before until this time. So that's really all the important characters. This was Robert Jack's one and only appearance as Leatherface. Though. I'm not surprised. So, well, he, he passed away a few years ago, but here's the most disappointing thing. Do you know who directed this movie? Yes, Kim Hankel did. Do you know who wrote this movie? Kim Hankel. Kim Hankel. Did. Yeah. You know who wrote the first one? I know. Kim Hankel. <laughs> I, know. I just don't. I just I know. I don't. So 
what I was about to say is I'm terribly, terribly confused on one thing because so much of this film story is lifted right out of the original. So I'm I'm going, okay, if it's called The Next Generation, is this, was this kind of an attempt at a remake or I was trying to remember the... I mean, it's not a crawl this time at the beginning, it's a paragraph, but I was trying to remember, do they acknowledge that the events with Sally and Franklin happened or... Because I know it said something about related incidents yeah, or well, something the, like that. In the intro to this one, they they talk about the first one. And okay, they two, do. Two minor incidents that were related. Yeah. So I think that's taking a jab at the second one. But yeah. looking at Kim Hinkle's filmography, he wrote all of them. Mm-hmm. All the Chainsaw Massacre, or at least he has a writing credit looks mm-hmm. like uh, yeah it's well that was the thing that's something there are scenes that are like exactly the same as the first one i mean obviously not as well shot because daniel c pearl had nothing to do with <laughs> this movie but i was just yeah i was just terribly confused by that i'm like is this supposed to be a remake or is this just really trying to copy the original yeah i i don't know all right all right all right <laughs> i can't believe he did that in this movie <laughs> i know like, I guess that's just McConaughey's thing. You put him in a movie, he's going to go, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> well, I mean, be a lot cooler if he did. It, yeah, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Oh, goddamn. Well, shall we get into this? I guess. <laughs> all right. Let's do it. This is your obligatory spoiler warning. At Dead and Married, we talk about major plot points that might ruin films for the casual viewer. If you don't mind spoilers, join us now. Alright, so, in the beginning, there was prom. This is... And it was bad. A very strange <laughs> opening for a chainsaw movie. <laughs> so... I was sitting there and, and this watching it this time, obviously, is not my, my first time to watch it. I've seen it several times. But I do remember the very first time I watched it. I think it was back in like uh, 2003 or something like that. I was I was pretty young. Well, young adult. Uh, you and I were already together. But um, yeah, this time I was watching it and I'm like, I mean, not this time. The first time I watched it, I was sitting there thinking, am I seeing this? Like, is this is this real? Is this real life? There's, there's like these weird random guys who are obviously not attending the prom. They're just kind of hanging out there. Yeah, those are not weird random guys. Those are the guys that get drunk in the parking lot because they didn't have a date. I don't know. They were like guys with just t-shirts and jeans and, yeah. you know, everybody else was in formal wear, but they were having, they had like normal civvy clothes on and the dialogue was just weird and didn't make any sense or like one guy was like, I hate fucking teenagers. Yeah. So, but then you had this other chick, and I don't know what the character's name was, but she just seemed like she had smoked some crack, maybe? I don't know. Like, she's got this- So many drugs. She's got this weird twitch or tick about her, and she just looks like she's struggling just to get a sentence out. Like, you you guys can't see, but I'm doing like these weird twitches with my shoulder and like kind of touching my face, and I don't know what the hell she was doing. Now start scratching your chin. (laughs) You like Tyrone. Yeah, this is the five o'clock free crack giveaway. 
<laughs> so I'm already going, this is a weird fucking tone that we're starting off with. I mean, it should have been an indicator right there of I'm going to go ahead with this or I'm just going to stop right now. <laughs> you can't abandon ship in the first three minutes of a movie. <laughs> yeah. Pfft, yes, I can. It's called Birdemic. You're a quitter. <laughs> but yeah, no, you, we, we do start off at a prom and... <sighs> Fuck. What is her name? Did you get lost already? Yeah, what is that? What is the chick's name? Do we know the character's name? Which one are we talking about? The ditzy girl in the purple dress. So, really? <laughs> yeah. Ashley? Yes. Really? Oh my gosh. Am I the only one that did the reading? <laughs> I was just sitting there trying to, like, form a cohesive so, story here. <laughs> yeah, that didn't work out for you. So, her name is Heather. Heather, God, that's it. That's it. And she was played by Lisa Marie Newmeyer. Yeah. I think this might have been her only movie. <laughs> I mean, not that her acting wasn't top notch. <laughs> oh, man. She was she, going for an Oscar. She might be my favorite. <laughs> she might be one of my favorites because, yeah, so she comes out of the prom and walks into her boyfriend, or Renan walks into him. God damn it, you know what the fuck I mean. She's walking outside and she happens to come across her boyfriend kissing another girl. And I don't understand the reactions. I, I don't know what to say about this movie. It's like making me fucking nuts, okay? Because she storms off, heated, and, and I guess her, her car, his car, I, yeah, it's his car, right? Well, I think it's his, it's his dad's car. Yeah. he's like, oh, when, later. He's like, he's going to kill me. Yeah. So. so she storms off in his car and he manages to jump in um, well, as she's. That's the funny thing. She's speeding off and then stops to let him get in. <laughs> yeah. It's not like he jumped in Dukes of Hazard style through a window. She stopped in the parking lot and let him get in. <laughs> yeah. And then the way her reaction to him kissing another girl is just. Oh, no, no, no. His response is better than her reaction. I know. I can't hang out with my friends. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, so I'm kissing her what? So what? It's like, I can't even hang out with my friends anymore. (laughs) I I don't. So if if anybody's never seen this movie, but you've seen The Room, (laughs) it's The Room with a Chainsaw and Matthew McConaughey. Oh, my God. That was what I thought earlier, too. It's like, this is The Room of Texas Chainsaw movies. It is. Because the acting is just, I don't know if they knew, it's like they were just reading it off paper Uh or something with no real inflection, no emotion, just, oh my God, why are you making out with her? I'm so mad. (laughs) It was, all right, I'm broke. I think that's the problem. We're both sitting here just completely fucking broken. I don't know how to describe it. I think that's the I think that's the problem. Yeah. And then he does like I guess what's the typical teenage boy behavior where he's basically trying to tell her, if you don't fuck me, like I'm gonna get cancer and I'm gonna die. Yeah, yeah. It's like if you don't if if guys don't have sex then they get prostate cancer. He said prostrate though. Yeah, he did. He, he did, but his dad's a doctor. Yeah, so his dad's a doctor. He he knows these things. <laughs> so about this time, we find out uh, Renee Zellweger's character. She and her boyfriend pop up in the back seat behind them, and his she, name is Sean. His name is Sean, and uh, what is her name? Just so we're clear here, her name is Jenny. 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 So they've they've been in this car, I guess, and we ne- we're never clear on what exactly was. Listen, they came up for air in the back seat. <laughs> yeah, because the guy was like, "You guys were back here smoking weed or whatever," because he accuses her of not being able to get a boyfriend, that she's ugly, and that everybody knows the only reason Sean's with her is because he he's supplying her with weed or whatever. So why were they in the floorboard? <laughs> 
And like, she refused to do more than like just poke her head up there. It makes me think she was putting clothes back on or something. Yeah. I mean, I think she doesn't refer to him as her boyfriend at one point, but yeah, the dickhead jock guy is like, this is your boyfriend because you're so ugly. You, was it, oh my gosh, I can't remember all the dialogue because it was just so atrocious, but there was, there was something in there about like, something about her tits. What, what, what was the line? Girls have them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I can't Girls remember. have tits. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. I can't remember. Boys have a penis and girls have a vagina. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess the reason it's so hard for us to remember some of this dialogue, dialogue, I'm no better than he is prostrate, to remember this dialogue is because it's so fucking bonkers and atrocious and then the acting to boot that you're just, you're just sitting there completely dumbfounded. But at any rate, they're driving along and all of a sudden they get into an accident with another car. So was it just me or did she get over being pissed off at him pretty fast? She really did. Like two, three blocks down the road? Yeah. She's fine. It kind of made me wonder if that joke that the Darla character made about needing a refill was aimed at her. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. <laughs> they get into an accident with this other guy and <laughs> he doesn't even have a character name. He's just called I'm Not Hurt because <laughs> he crawls out of the car and he goes, I'm not hurt. <laughs> and then falls out. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. His his name was I'm Not Hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm not even kidding. That's literally what he's listed as. Just it was, Jesus, it was, Jesus Christ. The actor's name was Vince Brock. Yeah. If that helps. I don't know what else he did other than I'm not hurt, but... <laughs> Uh, so they're stranded more or less in the woods and the kids go off to try to find some help and Sean stays behind with I'm not hurt guy and the three others they go on I guess headed for town to try to see if they can get some help and meanwhile throughout this whole thing we're just getting more horrible dialogue and eventually they happen across a building and this is where we meet the character of Darla and she's basically trying to get them some help get them a tow truck so they can get out of there and for whatever reason i keep wanting to call her just renee zellweger because i can't remember her fucking name for the life jenny it's jenny, jenny. yes think forest go <laughs> jenny yeah there you um, go um <laughs> So, for some reason, I don't know whose choice this was, why it was a choice, but Jenny is, like, looking at Darla's rack for whatever reason. So, she starts going on and on for, like, several minutes, basically talking about how her tits were a solid investment and they changed her life and, like, all this stuff. Yeah, they, uh... Improved her business. Yeah. I guess she's a real estate agent. I think so, yeah. I wasn't entirely clear on that, but... It really doesn't matter. <laughs> for any kid in the 90s, we we also know the character of Darla as being um, the really hot teacher in uh, Varsity Blues, the teacher that's a stripper <laughs> by night. So I knew her from there. Um, although, you know, I don't think she really had very many lines in that movie, and for good reason, I guess. <laughs> no, she just... She was a stripper, yeah. Yeah. But the other thing thing is is that she has this thing like they're sitting and they're talking and all of a sudden something gets thrown in the window and she's Somebody like threw a rock through the window yeah <laughs> she's talking about it's the farmer's wives or one of the farmer's wives because they get jealous of her because of her titties and then or some high school boys or some high school boys yeah, so she, so goes she and, punishes them <laughs> you just gonna step all over me we'll just get to it <laughs> So yeah, she goes to the window and she pulls up her shirt, showing off her tits or whatever. And yes, you brought it up and that was the first thing I thought of. <laughs> Look upon your doom. Right. <laughs> Although, you know, to be fair, she had more to show. She had a lot more to show. <laughs> but... <laughs> 
But I don't know. It's just like every scene. I don't know that there's any one scene in this film that is normal. All of them seem very surreal and weird. No, but to be fair, when once you get to the, the Darla part, this is where the movie starts to get funny mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is where the comedy starts to come in because at first it's just weird and it's just bad line reading even from good old Renee her line reading was a little yeah it was pretty bad like you could tell <laughs> she, just she was green young yeah <laughs> it was it was not good yeah but yeah I mean if you can struggle through that first the prom part and the car wreck you get to the to the entertaining piece so uh-huh it was it was kind of nice i was glad that it sort of changed speeds there yeah so at any rate she does get them she calls somebody named vilmer and gets them their tow truck and she, they're like okay cool we'll be on our way or whatever and she's like if he gives you any grief you just tell him how the cow eats the cabbage <laughs> and there's so many people who don't know what that means <laughs> Do you want to tell them what it means? It just means tell them how it is. Oh, okay. I was talking about the thing that we we do. Yeah, no, that's not it. So... That's just some weird shit that you do. No, it's not some weird shit that I do. That was literally a thing that was done to me when I was growing up. You, If you ask somebody, do you want to know how the cow eats the cabbage? What you would do is you'd take your hand and you'd grab them really, really hard on top of the thigh and squeeze really hard. That got done to me all the time. So, so you're implying that Darla was telling our <laughs> final girl that if Vilmer gets out of line, just grab his leg. <laughs> I don't, I don't no, think that no, no, would no. lead to the outcome. <laughs> I'm not saying that's what she's telling her to do. I'm just saying that... Some, no, it's just to tell somebody off. Yeah, uh, but we have heard people say, I don't know what that expression yeah, it's, means. It, it's a Southern thing. If you're not from down here, you're not... Gonna... Yeah, but yeah, I was just saying for me, it has two different things. Like, yeah, somebody, how the cow eats the cabbage, you squeeze her leg really fucking hard and it hurts. So anyway, so they start to head back to the accident. And while they're walking down the road, then this, this truck comes up. And so they're starting to try to ask if they can get a ride from this guy. And the guy has no fucking interest in picking them up he's like swerving all around them speeding off and the boyfriend i can't fucking remember his name either like this is so hard to remember uh the jock boyfriend and the ditzy girl <laughs> they start trying to chase after this truck his and name is barry barry that's right barry you should, you should that's an easy one to remember <laughs> Yeah, so Barry and Heather start to try to run after this truck. And Jenny, meanwhile, she wants to do exactly what she said she was going to do and wants to head back to the accident and get back to Sean. So at some point, Barry and Heather end up uh, to what we know is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre house. Yeah, except we've been to the original Chainsaw yes, House. We have. This is not the Chainsaw House. No, it's not. We've eaten there twice. Yeah. <laughs> But this is kind of, to me, where it starts, like, oh, I can't think of words You right just now. got lost, didn't you? I really so, did. Uh, buh, buh. They're at the house, and Jen A is trying to get <laughs> to Sean, right? Yeah. But th- I think this is where Vilmer shows up at the car wreck. Uh-huh. And Sean gets to meet Vilmer. Uh-huh. And it's awesome. So I was, I was thinking you were just going to pick it up and go from there, because that's kind of <laughs> where we're at. I'm depending on you for this. No, what I was... left me hanging. That's not cool. What I was going to say is the point where Barry and Heather end up at the house is where I feel like that's where they really start trying to rip off stuff that happened in the original film, where... 
they come up, they come upon the house and you know it's got the screen door and everything they're going up there they're waiting to get in and yeah we're kind of going back and forth between all these people but um yes uh Vilmer played by the glorious Matthew McConaughey and all of his wavy haired glory shows up in his horrible leg in <laughs> his drug induced naked bongo playing <laughs> glory that was real life by the way not in the movie yeah so <laughs> i think probably everybody knows that story by now i just felt like we needed to remind everyone yeah since we're doing this movie <laughs> so vilmer goes over to i'm not hurt guy and he tells sean that he's dead and he's like no he's not dead and then he goes and just fucking snaps his neck he's dead now yeah <laughs> It's like, okay. And then meanwhile, I think right before Barry is going into the house, what is the guy's name? W.E. shows w. up. W.E. Slaughter. W.E. Slaughter shows up. And I don't know what to think about this character. He's he's not one that I particularly enjoyed, I guess. And I think it was just because of the whole spouting out educational quotes like every 10 minutes. I, he did not offend me. <laughs> yeah? I thought the fact that he was quoting famous people was a little entertaining. Oh, okay. Even Billy but, Shakespeare, as he called especially him. Especially Billy Shakespeare. <laughs> so he shows up with a shotgun, basically telling them, you know, get off my property or whatever. And Barry manages to break into the house. And he's like, stupid. I don't I, I don't know what the end game was here for him. Well, you missed a part because before that happened, Heather was sitting in the porch swing. Okay, I, I do have to say that while I don't necessarily find this movie scary or even creepy in any kind of way, this scene was actually a little creepy. Yeah, so before Barry actually gets into the house, she Heather was sitting on the porch swing and Logan uh -huh. Face comes up behind her, which I don't know how in the hell she didn't notice that. I mean, if nothing else... You have a big mouth breather behind you. <laughs> you know he's got a smell. Right, like, uh-huh. He doesn't look like hygiene is a huge priority. So he is like smelling her hair. Yeah, and kind of like touching and it. touching it. And she doesn't even realize it until he knocks a broom over. Then she turns around and then you get, it's kind of a fight scene. And yeah. he's not, he's not the strongest leather face. No. Because he had to really fight it out with this 95 pound girl. <laughs> And I don't know, that scene lasted a long time. Uh-huh. Like, it was kind of funny. That she, I mean, she was kicking and screaming for sure. But I don't know, most of the time, once Leatherface gets his hands on people, it's kind of over. Right. Like, mm -hmm. they may struggle a little bit, but it's it's futile. It's mm -hmm. not a not really an effective defense from, yeah. from that. But, yeah, she fought her ass off. And then Barry hears her scream while uh, W.E. Mm -hmm. Well, he does. Shotgun, I so. think before Barry gets in there, he does manage to put her in the freezer. Um, <laughs> he put her in the freezer and then didn't latch the door. So as soon as he turns to walk off, she kicks the door back up. <laughs> and he's like, ah, and pushes the door back down, turns to walk away again. She kicks the door back open. Yeah. They just kind of go back and like, it's almost, I don't know. Like if the Three Stooges had done something like that, it would have been <laughs> perfectly acceptable and normal. Uh, but he finally gets some heavy thing and sets it on the lid so she can't. Yeah, you know? I'm not sure what that was. I don't know, but... But what kills me is that when uh, W.E. first came up to Barry, you know, and he was threatened with a shotgun and all this stuff and trying to force him into, I guess he was trying to force him into the house or something. And Barry was like, this is kidnapping. And then he goes inside the house anyway. My dad's a lawyer. Yes. I know. Yes. So first his dad was a doctor, then he was a lawyer. But he gets in there and the next thing he does is just casually go to the fucking bathroom and start taking a leak. Never mind that it looks like there's skin hanging on the door when he walks in. Yeah, there is. There's it, like a whole human front And it skin. looks like there's a bucket of chicken feet next to the toilet. Yeah. I don't know what that was. But he just goes in, he's taking a piss, he's 
talking to Heather. I guess he thinks she's in the house or he's yeah, talking to himself. Yeah, he was like, some psycho was after me with a shotgun or whatever. And then he turns around, I guess, to finally leave the bathroom and then sees the skin hanging on the door and a body in the bathtub. And he's like, ah! <laughs> okay. That body in the bathtub was in the jelly stage? Yeah. How did he not smell that when he I have in? no earthly idea. That's just terrible. <laughs> But here's one of my big problems with this movie. I don't feel like, right? I don't feel like any one character really understands the severity of the situation that they're in. All of them are so damn casual about what is going on. And even the parts where they're being terrorized and tortured and beat, they'll be screaming one minute and then 30 seconds later, they're just back to sitting like, everything's cool. Yeah, pretty much. I just, I don't get it. I don't understand those choices. So I can't help but wonder because Toby Hooper had always said that he never intended the original film to be as serious as it was. To him, it was supposed to have been a comedy. How he... What the fuck does comedy look like for him? I know. How he thought that, I have no idea. So I'm sitting here in my head going, is this what he intended that movie to be? Is this what it was supposed to be originally? Yeah, but he wasn't really involved in this movie. Oh, no, 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 of course not. He has a writing credit for the characters. But But if he and Kim Hankel wrote the original, that kind of makes me wonder, was Kim Hankel doing what he thought Toby Hooper wanted originally? I think he missed the mark. Yeah. And one other thing, you know, the, uh, I guess it's like it's supposed to be a flashbulb sound effect Mm -hmm. that they used in the first one. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of creepy, right, when they used it. Did you notice how much they used it in this one? They overused it. It's like the sound guy said, okay, here's something funny. Every time uh, that guy scratches his ass, I'm going to play that effect. Right. Mm -hmm. And they did over and over and over. It's like they had someone on set screaming more cowbell. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. It was. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's just kind of a callback to the original. Did Toby Hooper intend to use that sound effect a million times in the first one and just didn't get a chance? Well, at least in the original, it was used for a purpose. They were taking photos of the cadavers. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, makes sense. In this one, it was like used for taking prom pictures. So it literally made no sense at all. Yeah, they were taking prom pictures with an Olympus and playing that sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> God almighty. <laughs> It's, like, it's a 35 millimeter. It doesn't make that so, it doesn't make that noise. Yeah. Oh it just God. dawned on me that I just called it a 35 millimeter and there may be a whole bunch of people that listen to this that don't know what that is anymore. Well, I mean, I still use a 35 millimeter lens, but that's also on a DSL camera. I'm talking about camera. film. Yeah. 35 millimeter film <laughs> camera. Yeah. There are adults out there that don't know what that is. Right. We're I'm, we're I'm old. fucking old. We've yeah, we've we've established this. All right, now I feel bad. Move on. <laughs> So we do eventually get Jenny going back to the scene of the crime and Vilmer, he's, I don't want to say he's like overtly acting creepy. He's just kind of acting like an asshole at first. And he's like, I know where Sean is. Do you want to ride? And she's, she's doing the smart thing and she's asking all the questions like, where did he go? You know, she, she's asking all the, you don't want to just get in a truck with a strange guy you've never met before. No. And she does all the right things. But then as soon as he acts like he's going to drive off, she just jumps in yeah i think i would just it's like everything that she was trying to do there to be cautious as soon as that truck moved a little bit she's like fuck it and got in yeah and then he basically and this is pretty much what they do throughout the rest of the film is like what the the illuminati tell her later i want you to show them horror so that's basically what vilmer is supposedly trying to do he's just trying to scare her to death so he's like trying to get her to look in the truck bed to find sean and i'm not hurt guys bodies and didn't you find a continuity so, error here all right, so first things first. They spray painted Illuminati wrecking <laughs> yeah. on the side of the truck. 
Yeah. Like that's, that's what it says on the door. But yeah. So he's trying to make her look through the back glass to see that he's hung these bodies up on the, the rig for his, uh, for the wrecker. Uh, I guess the winch boom or whatever's back there. I don't know what it's called. Fuck it. So <laughs> <laughs> on the back of the tow truck. God damn. And <laughs> the hook part. <laughs> there's not a hook. Anyway. That's so not the most important part of this. No. Anyway. <laughs> So he keeps trying to force her to look. So he finally he cuts to it, and you see it. And like, yep, it looks like there's two sort of body-shaped things hanging there. And she freaks out. But then she manages to get out of the truck mm-hmm. and run off. Well, then it cuts to a, a viewpoint from behind the truck. The bodies are gone mm-hmm. as he drives away. And in the very next scene, the bodies are back. Mm-hmm. That happens through this whole movie. Yeah. Continuity errors, boom mics. You could see Zellweger's stunt double. Yeah. Yeah. On <laughs> the roof so, chasing. Yeah. There's there's some problems in this <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was trying to remember, and I feel like really shitty about this, but I was trying to remember how we get to that chase scene where she ends up on the roof. Because I don't remember her going to the house and then leaving the house. Do you? It's kind of weird, isn't it? Well, fuck. Because <laughs> she got out and then they brought her back. Right? Uh-huh. Or did she not ever really get out? We just watched this. I know. That's what I'm telling you. It's what I'm trying to tell you. Everything is so fucked here. You're like, what just happened? What am I watching? We're not even to that part yet. (laughs) Carry on. That's what I'm saying. She ends up getting free of him from the truck. Yeah, and she runs away, and she ends up in the woods, and then Leatherface chases her with a chainsaw, and he chases her through the, the water, uh-huh. right? And that's when she gets back to Darla. No, she, runs... she had to have ended up at that house at some point because... She did. Just... <laughs> So she runs through the water and she gets back to Darla's office. Remember, because she comes crashing in, like she's got the scarf around her neck. And then when she gets into the office, it's not. And then when it cuts back to her, it's back again. And it's ridiculous. And she's like, because Darla's like telling her to sit down. Yeah. And she's like, I'm going to go tell him what for. Yeah. And that part where Renee is. Um, Jenna. Jenna is like, when she goes in and she's falling down and you can see the knee pads under the dress for the, for the fall. I didn't see it. You failed. So. <laughs> In the rooftop scene, you can see that she's wearing, like, padded socks to protect her feet. Uh-huh. Anyway, so, yeah. And she's, like, freaking out, right? She's she's hysterical. And then when uh, What's-Her-Butt comes back in, she's, like, coat totally calm. Uh-huh. She's, like, nope, we're yeah. all good now. She's just, like, the guy had a chainsaw. Guy had a, yeah, the guy had a chainsaw. And that's when W.E. shows up <laughs> yeah. and goes after her with a cattle prod. Yeah. And, and then this... they put her in an impenetrable, <laughs> indestructible, capture-all, like, the best fucking hefty trash bag money can buy because it will you could put a live human in there and they can't get out yeah and darla was like well did, couldn't you have brought a gunny sack or something and and i brought this yeah and yeah then him poking with the cattle prod of course that you can't help but think of the scene in the original where drayton is beating sally with a broom while he's got her in this gunny sack like remember he's sitting there in the front seat and he's just kind of poking at her with that stick yeah, it, it, it's not supposed to be funny, and maybe it says something about me. But when he was going at her there in the office, like, he zaps her a few times, and she finally falls down, and he just starts whacking her on the head with yeah, it. he does. And he puts her, mean. puts her in the invincible trash bag and throws her in the trunk, and he's still, like, zapping the shit out of her with it. Yeah, and then Darla, like, leaves because... For whatever reason, it's pizza time. So yeah, she's going to pick. Well, she calls Vilmer or calls home or something. She's like, I'm going to pick up pizza on the way home. Yeah. And so she totally drives normal. off with the trunk still fucking open. And then, she goes through the damn drive through with the <laughs> yeah, trunk open. She does. 
So, and then she goes to pick up vegetarian pizza at that. So I didn't understand what that was about. <laughs> well, what's weird is that it's supposed to be vegetarian pizza, but later there's pepperoni. You know, that's true. You totally missed that. That is so true. Yeah, you're right. I did miss that. But yeah, the guy at the drive-thru is like, what's in your trunk? And she's like, you don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, he's like, there's something banging in your trunk. <laughs> yeah. And then and she's like, you want to ex- come look at it? <laughs> like some cops pull up behind her. <laughs> yeah. It's And that whole exchange with her. She's like, you need to keep it down. She's like, I can't breathe. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but I can't breathe. (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's the whole that's the whole problem. I can't breathe. Well, if I poke a hole, will you be quiet? God almighty. (laughs) So now we are coming to possibly my favorite scene in the entire fucking movie. And that's as they're driving back to the house, they come across Heather who has somehow managed to escape being on a meat hook because we we forgot to mention that that Leatherface did in fact hang her up on a meat hook. Yeah, he did finally get her. But punctured lung and I don't how, how did she get herself off the hook? I have no idea. It doesn't idea. show that part. Yeah, it doesn't. They just they come across her laying in the middle of the dirt road. Oh my god. I rewound this part three fucking times because I thought I was going to piss my pants. You probably did. But Darla gets out of the car and goes over to Heather and she's like, I need help for whatever. And Darla's kind of looking at her like, ew. And she's like, if y'all hang on a minute, I'll go get a blanket yeah, for don't, you. Don't go crawling off. Yeah, I'll don't go, go crawling off on me. So she goes over to the side of the road and she starts picking through, through she branches. Doesn't, she doesn't even walk out of sight. She walks like four <laughs> steps away and starts shopping for sticks. <laughs> On the side of the road. I don't... (laughs) This is where I fucking die. She goes over with this pretty good-sized branch. And Heather goes, "Ah, Don't hit me! Don't hit me! (laughs) Well, to be fair, she didn't really hit her. You're waiting for... (laughs) You're waiting for Darla to start, like, going to town on her, right? But she doesn't. She just kind of... Taps on her. I rewound it three times because I was like, London, watch this. Aiden, get in here and look at this. Honey, get in here and look at this. I I don't know how to describe it without probably being offensive. (laughs) That was the weakest freaking stick beating I've ever seen in a movie. She like, was kind of doing like she didn't want to okay. hurt her. Do you know that almost that thing when you say, "Well, do throws like a girl?" Yeah, and it's implying like a, a sort of like a limp wristed, just barely, barely moves the ball. Yeah, this is how she swings a stick. She didn't really swing it; she just sort of dropped it on her head a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, don't. like I said, it was like she didn't want to hurt her or something, but it was just like I, I gotta hit her, but I don't want to hurt her. And Heather's just no. The acting was so weak there. It was so bad. Yeah. It was funny, though. She doesn't even take her back with her. She just leaves her in the road. Well, she tells her again, don't go crawling off now. And she just drives off and leaves her there. Yeah. And I guess she didn't because they brought her back to the house. Yeah. Well, she told told Vilmer W or somebody when she got back. She's like, there's one laying in the road not too far from here. So So she just stayed there until they went and picked her up. (laughs) That girl was not smart. So, needless to say, this is when the movie just fucking goes off the rails because... There were rails for this movie? (laughs) 
God damn. So this is probably the longest dinner scene we've seen in this franchise so far because it feels like the majority of the movie is spent here in this dining room. There's a sizable portion of the runtime that's spent in this dining room. Yeah. and But it's in no way, shape, or form as creepy as the, the dinner scene yeah. in the first one. I was going to say, and effectively nothing really happens. Like, at least when you're talking about the dinner scene in the original, you know, you know what's going on. You know about the, I just can't, can't take any pleasure in killing and the finger sucking and uh, just the screaming and the close-ups on Sally's face and trying to bash her head over a yeah. bucket. And in this one, it's like, I couldn't really tell you what happened for the majority of this dinner scene. Well, let's see. We have Heather, who is gravely wounded, and she's sitting at the table. We have Grandpa, who is a guy <laughs> in a mask, and you can plainly see the edges of the mask around his neck because they didn't bother to hide it with makeup. And you've got W.E., who's just sitting there quoting people. Yeah. And Darla, who's being Darla. You've got... You have a bunch Renee, of stiffs sitting there that sitting look there. like they're from Romero like, movies. Yeah, there's like three Romero zombies sitting there at the table. <laughs> and then you have Leatherface dressed up like Divine from the Roger Corman movies, basically. You mean John Waters. Whatever. <laughs> and I, yeah, like he's got hardcore makeup and he's wearing a nice dress. He, he feels really pretty. It's weird. But easily the star of the show in this scene is Matthew McConaughey. God, I, I think that's probably like the only reason anybody really seeks this movie out is because everybody at some point has been made aware of his over-the-top performance in this. There were a few scenes here where he was so into it that if you look at Jenny's face, I think she might have been really scared. Yeah. <laughs> like when he's sticking his fingers in her mouth and Cenobite style, yeah. <laughs> I... He made it look believable, for sure. And the thing is, is we, we've talked so much about the shitty acting throughout this movie. You can already kind of tell with him... That he's crazy? As into it as he was and how committed he was to this, you knew he was the standout and you, you kind of see those bones of, this guy is actually a pretty good actor. <laughs> He sold crazy. He really did. For sure. I don't know. I don't know about the lines and all that stuff, but he delivered his performance with enthusiasm. I will <laughs> say that. Yeah, and uh, and sand people impersonations. It was it was it was great. It was I just horrible. that oh 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 or it was the grape lady. Maybe he was doing the grape lady. Um, it was it was a choice. Yeah. But again, his was probably the best performance in the movie. It really was. I, I'm not even going to lie. He could pull off crazy. Yeah. But, but you know what? That's not the first time we've seen him go a little off. True. What was that movie? Frailty. Wasn't he in that one? Yeah, but I don't remember him necessarily bugging out in that movie No, 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 but just crazy. Yeah. And that was actually a really good movie. We should yeah, do that, that a good sometime. movie. But no, you see that he and uh, Darla have this really kind of fucked up relationship that's very abusive, and yet she's still, like, defending him with her life, won't let anybody talk shit about him. She's talking... She... No offense. She does what every wife does, where even if your husband's acting like a jerk, if somebody's like, hey, he's acting like a jerk, you're like, you just shut up. You don't know what he's going through. He's under a lot of stress right now. <laughs> wow, thanks. I feel so much better now. <laughs> I'm just saying, it just felt really familiar. <laughs> like, like kind of like that sibling thing, like, I can fuck with my brother all I want, but the second somebody else tries to fuck with my brother, like, that's it. So... <laughs> Anyway. I can't believe you just said that to me. I would never bring up the old ball and chain conversations that I have with people. That's a joke. <laughs> I don't want to sleep on the couch. 
Oh, really? You'd sleep next to me because you're putting me on there first. Yeah. <laughs> we'll sleep on the couch together. <laughs> but um, no, the, there's like this really fucking bizarre... I mean, I don't want to say it's a sex scene because it doesn't actually show anything, but they're like making out on the kitchen table and yet she's like fucking with his leg to where he can't move and then he'll be like choking her one minute and then they're, they're making out. It's totally fucking weird. And then all this gets broken up. She takes the pizza and she starts moving on into the dining room. She's like, come on before it gets cold. <laughs> yeah, with their vegetarian pepperoni pizza. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And so again, there's really not just a whole lot that really happens in the scene other than them just kind of fucking with and torturing yeah. Jenny. Well, you get to a point where she's kind of like talking shit back to him. Yeah. Like, if you're going to kill me, just kill me. Like, yeah. She gets mad. And she grossly underestimated how crazy he was because then he sets Heather on fire. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'm just going to leave. And I think, and then the whole thing too. With Leatherface uh, cracking me up so bad is because he doesn't really do anything except sit in the table and react to what's going on around him. He's like putting his hand <laughs> over his mouth. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. And then she's like, I'm going to leave. And he's all, ah! Starts crying. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, you sit the fuck down. And yeah. then he's Once like. she gets the shotgun. Yeah. He's like, okay. And he sits down. And then, yeah, she get, she does this thing where she finally gets hold of the shotgun and she's threatening them all with it. She's gonna leave and i i guess uh vilmer kind of psychs her out like trying to tell her there's no shells in the gun and he manages to get away get it away from her and it turns out there are there were shells in the gun the whole time well it was an old an old shotgun yeah so two hammers two triggers Mm -hmm. she just pulled the wrong trigger yeah because the other barrel was loaded yeah and yeah but But he set heather on fire but you could see that there was this horrible prosthetic piece on her back yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah. And, but she, he, okay, she got set on fire like three times because it shows <laughs> one where he lights her up and she screams and then it cuts away and then she's not on fire, but she's on fire again. Yeah. And you see it light up again and then she like takes off, but she's not on fire. But then when she hits the ground, she is on fire. I just don't understand how you do that. I mean, I get it that, you know, making one long continuous shot of stuff like that probably was a lot harder back then because maybe they didn't have the same safety stuff or whatever. But at some point during every film's birth, there is an editor, an editor who watches the movie (laughs) and is probably paid to find stuff like that and go, hey, guys, we uh, we missed this. We we should probably fix it. And nobody did that. Right. (laughs) Nobody did that. (sighs) So... About this time, we get a knock on the door and Darla goes to answer the door and it looks like a limo driver. It's Lurch. Yeah. And then this weird, I don't even know how to describe him guy. All I really remember about this guy, apart from the obvious body modification. He's just S&M Lloyd Christmas. That's who he is. is what the fuck is his hair? Like, <laughs> I couldn't decide if that was a hair piece or a really bad haircut. It's like kind of chili bowl cut. And then he has no sideburns whatsoever it's it's really fucking bizarre well and it's not like they just i've seen people like that before where they just they don't want sideburns so they take them off but they take them off right even with the top of the ear right not not the very top but where your the top of your ear is connected to your head right Uh so you get it just comes around just a little bit his was not his was shaved like up at an angle it was just weird 
Yeah. It looked fake. Yeah. Almost. So basically, this is Vilmer's boss, I guess. And you find out that whatever Vilmer has been doing this whole night is not really what he's supposed to be doing. And he has botched this entire thing. And so he kind of steps in there to like get onto him and tell him this is what you were supposed to do. And then before... Well, they were supposed to experience horror. Yes. So... Which I think she did. Well, he definitely <laughs> gave her that. And I don't understand when he opens his... Sh like, for one, why did he unbutton his shirt to do what he was going to do? And, like, that whole weird flesh-sculpting, belly-piercing shit that he had going... That looked like some shit out of Nightbreed. Yeah. Or and Hellraiser. And he licks her face. And it, it's not like... And that was him. And that was really her. She really let him lick her face. Yeah, and it's not like... It's so gross. The kind of... And I know I'm going to have a difference of opinion here, but it's not like the kind of hot thing that Tommy Lee did to Pamela Anderson where he just goes and kind of licks one side of her face. This guy's licking her like a full-on dog. Like, he wants the left side. He wants the right side. He wants the forehead. He wants the chin. He's, like, licking her like she's KFC bowl it or something. like a dog going after a bone. <laughs> yeah. Or like I go after an empty pie plate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm like, God, I hope they made the actor swish with mouthwash first because spit stinks. It's gross. Yeah. And her reaction was genuine, I think. Because I think like it she's had trying to, be. to rub her like get it off. <laughs> I got the that. poo on me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I just I mean, she was a trooper to sit there and let a total stranger just lick all over her face in a totally nonsensual way. Yeah. Oh god, it was so fucking disgusting. It was so creepy. And then the guy just leaves. Yeah. yeah. He's just like, yeah, that just happened. So <laughs> I guess this guy, by getting on to Vilmer the way he did, must have emasculated him in some way or humiliated him or something. Because at this point, he starts freaking out and crying and cutting himself. No, that, not yet. Not yet. Not no, yet? No. He goes over and orgasms while crushing oh. Heather's head with his robo leg. <laughs> I thought that was after that. And I thought Matthew McConaughey was going to fucking pass out. Yeah. he was like holding his breath and making his face turn real red. I yeah. really, like, wonder, did he hurt himself when he did? It took a really long time to squish her head in. And then the legs well, started going off. You hear the... Yeah. Oh, yeah. But you can see the relief on his face. The release on his face when her head finally crushed. He was like, oh, that's it. <laughs> He'd been holding that one in for a while. Was, yeah. No prostate cancer for him. No. No. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But here's um, the other thing that I found really strange is that when No Sideburns was talking to Matthew McConaughey, they're standing really close. And every now and then you'd see his, like, see the No Sideburns twitch a little bit. And uh -huh. Matthew McConaughey would twitch too. Uh-huh. What did he have a hold of? It out of really frame. looked like he had had him by the balls. Like, did he have a fistful of junk? Yeah, it's that's kind of what it looked like. I mean, honestly, and Matthew McConaughey was still able to, you know, get off after that dude had him by the balls. <laughs> I don't know. That's what it. That's what it looked like. Yeah, but after that, he's like, he looks relieved and then a little angry. And then he starts crying and cutting himself. Yeah. And then I don't even know what the fuck is happening with Darla at this point. Well, she's she just... jumps in there and she's like, no, don't. And then she's just kind of sitting there like... <laughs> She's yeah. just fucking dead. And so because of all this chaos, that gives Jenny time to escape the house. She was running. <laughs> yeah. 
again reminiscent of scene of the original she takes off and we we also it's this it's the same scenario it's the very next morning really early and she's taken off running down this back dirt road well about that time there's an rv going down this road at the same time it's this old couple look like they're on vacation or something and the first thing i said when we were watching this was like look it's you and me because it was a little brunette lady and then an older man with so an old fat guy go ahead it's an old fat guy (laughs) and she's like bringing them their alcoholic beverages yeah they were drinking bloody marys (laughs) while they were driving they were just backroading hey hey, they could have been virgin (laughs) i really doubt it But that's what they were doing. This is Texas, right? Backroading's a thing. Yeah. I mean... Because there's no other reason to take an RV down a dirt road like that. We don't condone alcohol or drinking and driving. Never do it. Yeah. So... But yeah, they're just hanging out out in the country, drinking and driving. Yeah, they were just living their best life. They were cute. But... Who the fuck are we kidding? They were getting drunk because they were goddamn lost. <laughs> they didn't know where they were. I mean, it's Texas. It's really easy Nobody to takes that. a big SRV like that out in the woods. <laughs> Not where they were. So much like the truck driver in the original, they stop and try to give Jenny assistance. And there's some horrible, well, they horrible. Didn't, they didn't really stop. No, they didn't really stop, but they tried. They were trying to pick her up yeah. to help her. And there's a lot of really horrible dubbing going on here where she's saying these lines, but her mouth looks like it's screaming something else. And then what does she tell the guy? Something. <laughs> I don't remember, but just overall, the ADR in this was pretty bad because yeah. there's one scene at the dinner. Oh, where Matthew like, McConaughey, step on it, Mr. Scottish. Yeah, where Matthew McConaughey stretches his arms out and he says, welcome to my nightmare or my something? something. But if you read his lips, he says, welcome to my home. Yeah. And yeah, but the ADR in this whole movie is pretty awful. Yeah, it is. But Mr. Scottish. Yeah, Mr. Scottish. Is that racist? But they're driving so fast and I guess not paying attention because they end up running over this big brush pile in the middle of the road and flipping the RV over. And meanwhile, there's this crop dusting plane overhead. And at this time, oh, okay, I I know what you're looking at me because Vilmer and Leatherface showed up and started riding beside the RV. Yeah. And, and Leatherface is like chained to the side of the truck so <laughs> yeah. that he can stand on the edge and swing a chainsaw on an RV. Yeah, but this that, is what causes them to flip over. That was so disappointing, too, because the RV flipped over on its side, slid to a stop. And I was thinking, okay, any minute now, any minute, Jason Voorhees is going to climb up right. and stand on top of that RV. That badass iconic scene from part six. And he didn't fucking do it. Right. But the, the writer, Kim, what's his butt? <laughs> Kim Hankel. Yeah, that guy. He actually wrote a short, which was Jason versus Leatherface. Oh. I'm going to have to check that out. <laughs> but yeah, so we have this crop dusting plane effectively take out Vilmer. He hits him, I guess, with the propellers yeah. or whatever and is, and is on the head. Yeah, and somehow the crop duster just flew away because running through a human had caused no damage whatsoever to the <laughs> propeller. I don't see that really happening, but... Yeah, but Jenny gets out and she starts to take off running again. And there's a limo sitting there that she promptly gets into only to find out that it's Illuminati guy. And so, of course, she starts to panic. And then he's like, nah, sis, chill. Chill, chill, chill. We're all done with that. I'm not going to hurt you. This whole thing has just really been fucked up. And I'm sorry. This was supposed to be a spiritual thing for you. You're supposed to be enlightened or whatever, which how the fuck? I have no idea. Is this like a jigsaw thing? Like you're supposed to... 
so value that's your what life. I was just thinking. Like, is this, <laughs> did whoever wrote Saw see this and be like, I could make a serious version of this. Let's run with that. Yeah. <laughs> so then he tells her he's just going to take her to the hospital, which he does. And she's sitting there. And in weird ass scene, we see the actor who plays Franklin in the original pushing a gurney with the actress that played Sally, pushing her down the hall and out of the hospital. Very strange. And I don't understand the purpose of that scene. It didn't have one. <laughs> Other there, than there was no purpose to just that. an excuse to make a cameo. Yeah, but the, even the cop that was talking to her, he's like, well, we have been having some problems around here. Like, <laughs> you don't say. No shit, guy. <laughs> and that's pretty much the end of the movie. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, there's a what there's a director's cut out there that's not called The Next Generation. Yeah, it's, it's like the return. the return of, of yeah. the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But that is not the one we watched. We watched right. the. Uh, the Next Generation. The theatrical version. Yes. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. So. So now you see why I started this off by saying, God damn. <laughs> Well, what did you think about the movie? I love it, honestly. I know that we had a hard time trying to get through this and talking about it in a cohesive fashion, but that's what the movie feels like throughout watching it. It's like you you sit there and your eyes are glazing over and your head feels like it's fixing to just detach from your body and float off your head or shoulders and you're trying to figure out, is this really what I'm fucking watching? But at the same time, I fucking love it. It's, it's, It's hilarious. It's bizarre. And there's honestly there's really nothing else out there like it so what's your what's your favorite part oh i already i I believe i already said the scene say it again the scene with darla and her wimpy little hitting of heather with the stick that is good (laughs) it reminded me uh for anybody who's a fan of animated films there's this scene in a animated movie called open season and there was this big attack and there was a bunny rabbit with a wooden spoon Showed him in slow motion attacking with this wooden spoon. I don't know why, but that is the scene that came to my mind. (laughs) Just kind of went bitten with with the stick. But that is probably my favorite part of that entire movie. Okay. What did you not like about this movie? (sighs) Okay. So rationally, this movie's not good. This movie's awful. It's so fucking awful. So the obvious things would be like the acting is bad. The not really being able to have an original story to stand on is bad. The special effects are bad. Um, There was nothing special about those effects. (laughs) Right. They were just effects. Did I mention the acting is bad already? (laughs) No, I don't think you. I don't think you covered that. (laughs) Apart from Matthew McConaughey, the acting is just fucking atrocious. It felt like, and I'm not saying that this is a movie you had to take seriously. I, I know that they had to have known on some level what this was, but at the same time, it just felt like. The actors were bored, almost. Like, they weren't really trying to deliver their lines. Everyone was bored except for Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, he was having a great time. He Now, that's a best life right there. Yeah, exactly. So, I guess those would be the obvious complaints. But at the same time, all of those bad things about it are what make it fantastic. Does that make any sense? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like again, like we've already brought it's up like twice. like Leprechaun 3. Like watching The Room. Yeah. So, honey, what did you like about it? Uh, so, there's actually... <laughs> There's actually a few parts that are pretty good. I like the the wimpy stick hit. That's pretty great. <laughs> I like basically anytime Matthew McConaughey's on screen, just because uh-huh. it's not good. He had to know it's not good, and he just went balls to the wall anyway. Yeah. He's like, if I'm gonna go it, I'm gonna go all the way. Yeah. And I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> um, over, I like the movie. 
It's it's weird. I I do kind of like it. It's one of those that I don't know. You could have a couple of beers and quote it. You know what I mean? Like it's one that yes, it's bad, but it's not like Leprechaun Four in Space bad, <laughs> where it does have funny moments and you can have a good time watching this movie. Yes. And yeah, it's it's got it's quotable. Mm-hmm. It, it's got some some crap in there that you could throw into casual conversation. Yeah, so. I pretty often, and I actually think I did it in one of our past episodes. I actually did the Tuscan Raider. I know I left it in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you mixed it up with "I'm ready, baby." <laughs> get up, get up. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Like I don't know what kind of weird ass mashup that was, but hey, you committed to the bit. <laughs> Yeah. You so played it with enthusiasm. I and do. And you actually did not know that I was recording when you did it. I so. didn't. I didn't. But yeah, I love I love quoting his bits from this yeah. movie. You know, what's funny is that I do the all right, all right, all right around the house pretty often. Yeah. And I did it originate in this movie because I thought that was uh, dazed and confused. Uh-huh. I think he did it in both movies. I wonder if he does it in every movie. I wonder if that's like his thing. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I like it. So flip side of that, what did you not like about it? I don't know. I'm not going to complain about the effects. I think you you, you got what you paid for, sort of. <laughs> in it. And I think that to an extent, some of it being bad is what makes the movie more entertaining mm-hmm. to, to an extent. I think if I was going to complain or if there was something that I, if there was a part of the movie I could do without, you could knock off like the first 10 minutes, mm-hmm. like the whole prom sequence mm-hmm. and just jump to these kids leaving lost the, prom. In the backwoods yeah and and it would have still been fine mm-hmm. so i mean they could have introduced it at the point where they're lost on the dirt road and have that car wreck yeah and it's just four kids leaving the prom two of them are having a fight you know what i mean mm-hmm. and it would have been fine so but at the same time you can use those first 10 15 minutes to make fun of uh heather and barry because their acting is god awful oh it's the worst it's so, so fucking bad but no this is you know i think you said it on leprechaun 4 that there are people that like to get drunk and rip mm-hmm. on that movie mm-hmm. I, I could see you doing that with this one yeah so yeah. and this is a controversial one there's there's obviously people out there that really fucking load this movie because they hold the original in such high esteem and i get it i, I really do but i'm gonna be honest with you right now i did not watch the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre till I was already an adult. It was not one I ever saw as a kid. And I remember sitting throughout the dinner scene of just minutes and minutes and minutes of Sally screaming her head off and going, oh my God, stop. I have a fucking headache. That was my first reaction to that movie. Yeah. Now I've seen it a lot since and it is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Yes, admittedly. But I don't think it's a perfect film. I I just don't. In my opinion, Halloween is a classic and a perfect film for a reason. So, so far, we've only had, what, two of those? I mean, you cited Halloween, the first one, even though we haven't actually covered that one yet. Mm-hmm. But you and I have talked about it offline. Mm-hmm. And... Both agree that it'd be really hard to poke holes in that one. Right. So there's that one, My Bloody Valentine. Mm-hmm. And then honestly, I don't think either of us really had a problem with April Fool's Day either. Mm-hmm. So three? That's not, that's not very many. Yeah. Honestly. And this is not one of them. But Chainsaw is definitely not one of them. Mm-hmm. Like it's got its issues. So yeah. again, like I said... I don't think it's perfect. However, I do love it anyway. It it is a classic for a reason. I love all the things that it said, whether regardless of whether it was actually meaning to say those things or not, or if we've just as an audience analyzed the film to death and made up those things ourselves. But 
It's not so important to me that this film completely shits all over its legacy. I know that that is controversial for me to say. I do, believe me. But it's not as egregious to me as watching Hellraiser and then following it with Hellraiser Revelations. <laughs> yeah. It's not as big a slap in the face to me. I think... And, and again, we touched on this a little bit in the last episode with the, the toxic fandom stuff. I feel like sometimes you get people and I've noticed it a lot in the chainsaw community. The ones that, you know, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original is the one that they latched on to because mm-hmm. there's more than one bad Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. But they take it so seriously. And, it, you know, it's great to be passionate about something. It really is. But at the end of the day, it's a film. It's a movie. They're made to entertain. And I feel like sometimes people take these things so seriously, they forget how to have fun with mm-hmm. a movie. Mm-hmm. A movie doesn't always have to speak to your soul. Sometimes it can just be a good time. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's how I prefer it, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not very deep, kind of like a really shallow puddle. It's okay. <laughs> Top of your shoe won't even get wet. But yeah, I just don't, I don't understand that. Like why take it so seriously that you let it ruin everything else that's out there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but I agree. I like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original. I, I, between that one and this one, you ready for the hate mail? Because you're the one who has to answer all that shit, not me. <laughs> if I walk in the room and you're watching the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I'll probably just keep on going. If I walked in the living room and you're watching this one, The Next Generation, I'm probably going to hang around for a little bit. Yeah, I can see that. That's just that's just how it is. Because it, it's something that you can sit and be like, ooh, I'm ready for this part to happen. Yeah, you're you're anticipating it. You you want to see... Has it gotten to the part where she's beat her with a stick the yet? The crazy shit that happens. Yeah. Um, it has things that you look forward to and exactly that's just it for me i mean don't get me wrong there are things in the original that and i'm sorry to use this word there are things in the original that are just fucking iconic like my favorite leather face scene of all time i won't have you using that kind of language (laughs) on this podcast My favorite scene throughout the franchise of any film is that original scene where he's just hitting Kirk over the head, drags his body into the room, and slams that door shut. It does not get any better than that in a Texas Chainsaw film. No. In my opinion. The first time you see it, that's scary as hell. That's the scariest fucking scene in a movie. Because then you just stick on that door for a couple of minutes and you can only imagine what's going on on the other side. If you're that guy, there's no escape. Yeah. They might as well have a sign that says abandon hope above that door. Yeah. Like, you know, it's over. You go in that room. It's over. Yeah. It's going to be bad too. Like we don't know what's in there yet, but it's going to be bad. Yeah. So again, the reason it's a classic is not lost on me. Yeah. I'm not saying that it's not. I, I love it. I love that movie. I do. I'm not saying that it's not a great movie. I'm just saying that I think that this one entertains me more Mm -hmm. than the first one does. Because the first one, it's got parts that, you know, if you think about it, I mean, obviously I'm an adult, so I don't get super scared by movies really anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, Unless it's a little Asian girl crawling through a TV (laughs) or out of a well. That'll do it. I don't. (laughs) I can't handle the ring. Can't handle, what is that other one? Juwan or whatever. What are the one? The one with the little boy next to cat noises. Can't do it. Nope. I'm out. Um, One of these days, I'm going to make you review that. You will not. I will. I won't do it. <laughs> but even that one, like if you if you really really let your your mind wander and think about it, there's still some scary shit there. Mm-hmm. Especially, so. I mean, I, I'm not trying to shit on our wonderful state too bad, but there really are sections of Texas, and we have driven through them where if you disappeared, 
that's it. Like, I'm not talking about the Australian outback or anything, but there are parts no, of Texas. No, but it's pretty damn close. There are parts of Texas where somebody might not ever find you. And well, that, that notion is terrifying. And I don't know that where they shot these movies is that anymore because it's hugely uh, populated now. You no, and I room. still cruised some of those back roads trying to find those film locations. We and did, but it's The miles not, and miles of cornfield. It's not as bad now as it was when they filmed down there. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 absolutely. Um, but if you, if, if that, there are parts out in West Texas, like you go way out there, you get off on some of those ranch roads and yeah, it'd be like Hills Have Eyes. There's nothing else out there. Yeah. Not like irradiated mutants, but yeah. So I recently. There might not be another human for 50 miles. I recently so. went uh, to visit my parents over the weekend, and that's the thing that they really love to do. They love to go backroading. Um, they go hunting for like different types of cactus to put in their yard. They go gather up mesquite wood or cedar to do different things with. And so uh, they were telling me about this really badass bridge, and they wanted to show it to me. And so I was like, cool. We loaded the kids up in the truck, and we're going for miles and miles and miles where there's literally no one. There's no farms. There's no... Uh, work RVs where you get those guys that work on different pipes and fencing and all that. There was none of that whatsoever. And all of a sudden we get a flat tire. Now it, it all ended up fine. My stepdad and Aiden ended up changing the tire together and I was just kind of scouting the dirt road taking pictures of various things. But I did, that thought did occur to me that we are so out in the middle of nowhere and there isn't anybody around for miles. And the notion of if we don't get this tire fixed and we also didn't have a cell phone signal there either. It's like, we could just be fucked. And that, that idea is just so scary. You know, I used to joke about it that Bear Grylls always refused to take up the ultimate challenge, which was try to survive in West Texas. Right. And he never would do it because if, you know, he seemed to like run around naked on his TV show. <laughs> and drinking his own pee. And drinking his own urine. But you get dropped off out there and you're just going to die. There's nothing out there. Yeah, there really is If you're isn't. ever in Texas and you want to uh, see what a truly desolate landscape sounds like, get on I-20 and go west. Yeah. Make sure you got a full tank of gas. And this is where I was born, which explains my personality. Yeah, that's why you're weird. I'm just vast. You're just weird. Nothingness. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but no, to that point, I mean, I agree that there's still places like that in Texas, but not where they are. Mm -hmm. Not where these movies are. Yeah, there's too many places around Austin now that it's just... Well, Austin's really blown up. Yeah. And the, the surrounding area, so... Yeah, Austin, Pflugerville. But if you're ever there... Georgetown. You can cruise through, I think it is in Georgetown. Go to Gigi's Cupcakes. It's pretty awesome. Pretty Go to Round Rock awesome. Donuts. Get a donut that's as big as your face. Yeah. Yeah, there's good places to A couple of caverns there. Yeah. There's there's a lot more there than there was. We in need to do a 70s. travel show instead. <laughs> well, guys. Are you going to go? <laughs> Well, guys, I think that just about wraps it up for this episode. And one more time before we go, we really, really thank Allison from the bottom of our heart for being loyal to us from the beginning. Like I was talking to Allison before we even started doing this saying like, dude, we're thinking about starting a podcast. What do you think? And she was just completely supportive of it. And she couldn't wait. And uh, like Travis mentioned in our last episode, she wrote us this really amazing review we cannot thank you enough for being such a good friend to us. And we hope, I mean, I know we were fucking all over the place with this review, dude, but we hope that we made you proud and that you enjoyed it. And so I'm, I kind of can't wait to get your feedback on this. <laughs> so Travis is like, I don't really know, I'm Allie. thinking that she may just give you a very articulate thrashing. <laughs> and a thousand words or less. <laughs> oh, it might be more than a thousand words. 
But, we're talking like a half-page article here or something. It could be bad. Yeah. So, Travis, I know that you've never actually spoken to Allison any other way, but say thank you to Allison. Thank you, Allison. <laughs> anyway, so I guess now we can go ahead and introduce our Easter egg for our next lucky listener. Yeah, see, I knew you were going to have me say something to Allison, and I'd been <laughs> contemplating it. And I just went with thank you, because it was almost how you doing. <laughs> Don't start that again. So I'm glad I just went with thank you. <laughs> next week, the next Easter egg goes to... Da, 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 da. What the hell was that? You're supposed to do a drum I roll. I can do a drum roll. <laughs> You're terrible. Goes to our friend over at Podmortem, John Paul Vasquez. They have really been a supporter of us. John Paul listens to the show, gives some regular feedback. So next week, we're going to cover critters i think that's one of his favorites i think it's one he's wanted to do and he's and wanted to do it really bad to. so we're gonna take a swing at it and hopefully not mess it up too much yeah i don't know that i've ever seen it i think this is another one where you're gonna have to pop my cherry on this movie <laughs> is that gross so <laughs> yeah but again it's just our way of telling jp thank you so much for being such a grand a great friend to us for being such a gr- great friend of the show he's he's become a really great friend over the course of the last year or so just kind of checking in with our progress seeing how we're doing um personally and professionally and you just don't find people really like that anymore that don't have some kind of hidden agenda that are just really genuinely just good people good people yeah exactly so this what's for you jp <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we'll see you next week with Critters. Take care. Bye. Hey, guys. Quick reminder to find us on social media. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as SpookyMom83 and Travis on Twitter as TravisL80. And find our official page on Instagram and Twitter at Dead and Married. If you have any questions or suggestions for films or otherwise, Feel free to email us at deadandmarried at yahoo.com. Later. To that I say amen. To that I say all right, all right, all right.